It's March 7th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, brands may need retailers more than they realize. Amazon continues to make digital investments in its stores with cashierless technology and display advertising. Grocer Albertson starts a strategic review of its business. Target 2021 Q4 earnings roundup highlights continued focus on employees, stores as hubs, and merchandise. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, brands may need retailers more than they realize. While there have been entirely too many people depicting the demise of direct-to-consumer e-commerce over the last few months, it's still useful to think about what the right mix of wholesale exposure is for most brands. Let's start in the opposite direction for a moment. If you are a brand that started over 20 years ago, you obviously are not digitally native. You either grew up with your own stores or selling through other people's stores. If you didn't have your own stores, then you likely never developed any real connection with your customers And as a result, designing experiences and capabilities to serve customers is completely foreign to you. The rise of the internet and e-commerce disrupted quite a number of these older pre-e-commerce brands because it's easy enough for a new brand to throw up a website if they have digital skills. On the other hand, is it really that easy? Digitally native brands struggled with scaling nationwide and name recognition more than anything else. Retail is still one of the primary ways that people discover new brands, so doing it without at all means foregoing the lower customer acquisition and supply chain costs that come with retail store distribution. Direct-to-consumer brands trade all that for temporary higher margins by cutting out the intermediary. But I think a case study is happening before our eyes in Allbirds right now. The company has grown up a direct-to-consumer darling, probably took too much money and expanded quickly. Alberts opened a few stores and is now saying it's experimenting with picking the right retail partners for further expansions. If Alberts chooses the wrong partner, company risks hurting its brand with markdowns and losing control of the experience. On the other hand, choosing the right partner could shoot the business out of a rocket if it's willing to expand slowly as its own stores and merchandise expand as well. In the short term, this is a much faster path to growth for Allbirds, which still doesn't have enough viable SKUs to populate a great retail experience on its own, in my opinion. If someone were asking me, and they certainly are not, Nordstrom's feel like the right ideal first partner for them. Nordstrom has a best-in-class merchandise experience and is just high-end enough to be able to design the experience that Allbirds wants to provide. Our second story. Amazon continues to make digital investments in stores with cashierless technology and display advertising. Two announcements recently out of Amazon show its digital investments in the future of the stores business. Amazon is now offering its Just Walk Out checkout experience in its Whole Foods Market stores, something I've been surprised that hasn't been rolled out until now. Enabled by the platform's computer vision and deep learning, customers can shop in three ways, by scanning a QR code in the app, using Amazon's palm-based payment system, or inserting a credit or debit card link to their Amazon accounts. This is similar to the Amazon Go convenience stores. Amazon plans to open two Whole Foods stores with the Just Walk Out shopping experience. This is still a great idea, even if the pandemic never happened at all. Obviously, I hope it actually works. Who wants to stand in line? 
It's super convenient and you walk out feeling like a gangster who just stole some groceries. In other store-related Amazon nudes, according to internal documents obtained by Insider, the company plans to sell digital advertising on the screens within its physical stores to boost profitability and expand its media capabilities. Ultimately, this is about helping give Amazon a financial edge in its store profitability journey. Keep in mind, of course, that Amazon's advertising business is one of the fastest growing parts of Amazon, reaching $31 billion in 2021, growing 32% year over year. In-store physical retail gives Amazon a way to further accelerate advertising growth while giving them more options for its advertisers to reach customers. This can attract more advertising supply. If Amazon could attract enough advertisers interested in physical stores, the company could then start reselling that ad inventory to other stores players, kind of like a real-life digital ad network. Any kind of enhanced advertising revenue is expected to help Amazon's grocery business in the long run given the low margins there. With all these Amazon's moves, I can't help but think that the company has more than anything now is a huge basket of experience that it's still working on, none of which are truly ready at this stage for a nationwide scale. And through that lens, it could still take four or five years of investment before some of those moves really start to bear fruit for Amazon. One more bit of Amazon news that just ran across my desk is that the company is closing down all of its Amazon four-star stores and bookstores, which amounts to about 57 stores. To be honest, I'm not that surprised, but it's kind of a rounding error for Amazon. In exchange, Amazon is doubling down on grocery, primarily through its Amazon Fresh, its Amazon Style department store concept, Amazon Go convenience stores, as well as its Just Walk Out technology. Our third story. Grocer Albertsons targets a strategic review of its business. Grocer Albertsons has announced that it's partnering with both Goldman and Credit Suisse for a strategic review of the business. For those who aren't familiar with this process, strategic review is code word for all bets are off. The company could decide to do any number of things. First, it could sell the entire business. Second, it could sell off one or more parts of the business. Third, it could even acquire a new business or merge with another one. And finally, it's entirely possible nothing may happen, although that seems less likely. Many analysts think that Albertsons is really only considering selling off underperforming assets, but I think its problem run much deeper than that. The fact that these are high-end bankers to me means they are seriously discussing either selling the entire business or merging this business with another medium to large player in the space. That latter option seems most likely. Albertsons has arguably been innovative faster on its platform than its competitors like Walmart and Kroger, but ultimately it needs much more capital to compete with those players in the long term. Both Walmart and Kroger are making significant investments in nationwide facilities and coverage that are difficult to match without a fresh injection of capital in the billions of dollars range. And our last story. Target 2021 Q4 earnings roundup highlights continued focus on employees, stores as hubs, and merchandise. Overall, Target continues to go from strength to strength. Here are a few things I took out of the recent earnings report from the company. First, the company is executing very well. Since 2017, when CEO Brian Cornell took over, the company has gone from $70 billion in sales to $106 billion today, and has just completed 19 consecutive quarters of comparable store sales growth. In Q4, its comp sales growth was 8.9%, capping a full-year 2021 sales growth of 12.7%. Second, Digital growth continues to expand based on Target's stores investments and has now reached 21% penetration, 
with 95% of orders being handled by its stores fleet. Going forward, Target expects to have a return on invested capital of approximately 30%, which is pretty unheard of for the industry in which Walmart is sitting at around 14% of that same metric. It's almost like three years ago, Target turned on a video game cheat code that other retailers just can't seem to unlock. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. I ask again, why aren't other players following Target's lead? I see Bed Bath & Beyond as the only ones trying, but with a brand that can take too long to transform before investors run out of patience. In terms of its 2022 guidance, Target continues to expect around $4 to $5 billion in capital expenditures and slightly higher markdowns in inflation pressures this year. Let's walk through its major wins in three areas, employees, supply chain, and merchandise. With regards to employees, the main news here is that Target is investing about $300 million in setting a new starting wage for employees between $15 and $24 per hour. This includes expanded and earlier access to healthcare benefits even for hourly employees. Target's goal is to be a wage leader in every market it competes in. Sounds like bad news for the competition. In terms of supply chain, recall that Target's main strategy is to treat its stores as a massive fulfillment network. Target recorded a 45% year-over-year growth in same-day services, led by its industry-leading same-day fulfillment and curbside pickup experiences. Target opened 32 new stores in 2021, with 30 more to come in 2022 this year. Now, here are a few mind-blowing stats for the logistics people in the audience. I know you're out there. Shipping from stores saves 40% per unit fulfillment cost compared to upstream shipping. Average per unit digital fulfillment costs declined more than 50% in the last few years. Let's be honest, same-day service penetration like buy online, pick up in store cannot be compared apples to apples across retailers like Walmart and Macy's. Target is just plain better at it. Remember that the next time you hear Macy's has 25% store pickup. As far as Target's merchandise mix, its private label brands are now up to 28% of sales and growing at 18% year over year which is much faster than the rest of the business. Q4 produced approximately $30 billion in private label brand revenue, which is incredible performance. Let's just say it, Target is crushing it right now. What's the secret to Target's success? A few things drive its growth. One, better merchandise mix combined with a mix of own brands and national partnerships. Two, new stores plus store remodels, which greatly improve guest experiences. Three, improved operating margins relative to the industry due to greater store productivity and fulfillment efficiency. And finally, superior staff retention compared to the competition, enabling better service. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Noggin, a commerce service provider, which I remember as one-stop internet previously, recently filed to go public using a special purpose acquisition company or SPAC. The fact that this is going public by a SPAC is telling. There aren't a lot of these happening right now. IPOs and SPACs in the last year have not had great outcomes, so it'll be interesting to see how it fares going forward. The listing is just the beginning, not the end of the journey. Second, e-commerce engagement and discovery platform Bloomreach recently raised $175 million and doubled its valuation in the last year to now over $2 billion. This is a good data point for the e-commerce industry for the application vendors in the audience. Third, Fabric, an API-driven or headless platform provider, raised another $140 million in a Series C, vaulting it to a $1.5 billion valuation. The funding is led by SoftBank. 
In this space, the leading players in the developer-focused corner of e-commerce are starting to separate themselves in their funding a little bit between commerce tools, Fabric, and more recently, Elastic Path raised a good bit of money as well. Each of them has a slightly different approach. Fourth, KYX Worlds, a sneaker rental platform, raised $3 million. Wait, a sneaker rental platform? Now I've heard of everything. Who wants to rent used sneakers? The sneakerheads of the world don't even wear their own sneakers. And finally, retail media agency Bobsled Marketing was recently acquired by digital agency Acadia. This is a feel-good story if I ever heard one. I'm so proud of my friend Kiri Masters for building such a great agency, and I look forward to seeing how she helps continue the company's growth. What's happening here, though? Ultimately, retail media expertise is in high demand, and traditional agencies and media buyers are caught flat-footed if they're not able to navigate the retail media world, dominated by players like Amazon, Walmart, and Instacart. Congrats again, Kiri. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.